Hey guys, it's Carmen David here, and you're listening to Brad and Avery Hour. Hey, what's going on? This is Master G coming your way. And is there an hour you need to lock into? Yes, it's the Brad and Avery Hour, the only hour you need to lock into. Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? What is up? What is up? Episode 32 of the Brad and Avery Hour. It's on the air. This is Brad Barco. I'm Avery Lewis McDougall. And once again, we have a guest in studio. Let's talk a little basketball. Mr. Kale Schofield, Empton Stingers. How you doing, sir? Good, good. Glad to see you guys. Glad to meet you. so much. Thank you. Welcome. Those of you who don't know, the Empton Stingers are the brand new basketball team, Edmonton, on the Canadian League Basketball League, the CEBL. So, Kale, how did you get involved with the Stingers as their operating manager? How did you get involved with them? You know, it, it's it's funny how things work out sometimes. It's um, I, I wasn't looking for any new opportunities uh, <laughs> at the job I was at, but... Um, found out about the league and just through some common contacts we did a little matchmaking and um, through a little bit of back and forth with some people at the league we ended up just realizing it was a good fit I'm born and raised here in Edmonton so I've been a you know besides being a big basketball fan I've worked in with a couple different sports teams here uh, over the last uh, you know 10-15 years and just saw an amazing opportunity to to, you know bring pro basketball back here to, to, to the city of Edmonton and and the, the timing is just absolutely perfect for something like can this. You, can you talk about the process? I mean, you're exactly six months from tip-off. Um, would you describe this as more of a, a kind of an expansion team process, you know, going through and picking your team and, you know, all that stuff? Can you just Yeah, you know, it, it, expansion team is, is an interesting way of putting it because not only are we a new team, but we're a new league as well, mm-hmm. too, right? Yes, so, um, so when – it's funny when I'm talking to everybody on the street and everyone's like, oh, what's going on? What are you guys doing today? Yeah. What's what's happening? And, I, and I'm saying things like, well, you know, we we, we got our Internet. And I was saying that months ago, right? But, but you know, we, we we are building everything from scratch. Mm-hmm. And, and it's and it's a team from scratch. It's a lean from scratch. So every day we're operational. We're doing right. something for the very first time. Right. Right. And now we're in the process. You know, we've, we've had some really big announcements over the last – a uh, little while, which I'm sure we'll get more into, right. uh, and we have more coming up. We'll be we'll be having our coaching staff finalized soon. Awesome. Uh, from there, we'll start working on, on players, and there's a large process involved in that. But we have to build out a league as well, too. It's right. it's, it's not like I'm stepping into a, a job for the first time with an existing franchise where you walk in on a Monday right. and there's a desk sitting there, and it's right. like, okay, go sit there, and here's where we have our meetings, and and you know here's our marketing plan and so forth. We have to build everything right. so but it's very exciting because as we build everything we can look at what's going on here at edmonton we can we can talk to the community we can find out what works what doesn't mm. we can we can leverage previous experience that's gone on here in the market we can we can customize it's it's a really exciting time because basketball as a sport is just absolutely booming right now right you know so not not only across the world but obviously here in edmonton where, where it's really key of course i mean i mean league where there's teams in edmonton Seem to be it's all Canadian league. If you can have an all Canadian league be successful 25 years ago, it wouldn't happen. It wouldn't mean to see it growing out. You can have a team in Canada with all teams north of the border. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and as you guys know, timing is everything. Mm-hmm. And, and no matter what you do, what field you're in, timing is everything. And the timing is absolutely perfect right now for a Canadian professional league to to uh, go alive and thrive here in Canada. It's you're right. 25 years ago, it wouldn't it wouldn't well. 
you know, 25 years ago, they tried it. There was there was a there was an NBL, or um, I think it was called the NBL back in the mid 90s. And don't quote me on that, but I think it was. But Edmonton had a team called the Skyhawks. Skyhawks, yeah. We're you know, and, and, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I remember I remember going to the games because I was a big basketball fan, mm-hmm. and I remember the the big thing about the league was I think guys had to be six five or six six yeah. and under. So it was an interesting brand of basketball. It was very fast. It wasn't very aerial, but it gave you something unique. Mm-hmm. It didn't last very long. The the sport of basketball just just wasn't at that point right now. But right. we've seen over 25 years what's happened with the sport. We've seen the Vince Carter effect. Yes. We've seen the Steve Nash effect. Yeah. We've seen We the North come and just take the country by oh, yeah. storm. Brad, you okay. said you were in Toronto there. I mean, yeah. you must have an idea just how big and massive I, the Raptors are now. I, I never, I never, you know, I, I was at a game in LA at the Clippers a couple years ago, and then watching a game in Toronto, it's a different level of, of basketball. I'm just mm-hmm. like, oh my god! Like, Kawhi, seeing Kawhi Leonard up close, Kyle Lowry, and you're like, this this city and this country really has something to get behind. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have the Vancouver Grizzlies anymore. This is your team. Absolutely. So everybody's behind them, and it's fantastic. It's awesome. Uh, absolutely, and, and you know, the Raptors in itself are really interesting because. Last year, the Leafs and the Raptors were both in the playoffs at the same time, which, which must have been just made at Toronto absolutely crazy. I would have loved to have been there. But, you know, they both used the same outside area, outside the arena, That's right. and the Raptors call it Jurassic Park. It was really interesting to see the fan bases between yeah. the two franchises when they would have broadcasts go game to game. And you'd have the Leafs um, fans that are out there, and you could see the traditional Leaf fan. And then you'd flash over the next game to the Raptors when they'd have Jurassic Park. Right. Very different crowd. Very. Not in a, in a good way or a bad way, but you could Very sell different. it was... It was younger, mm-hmm. it was more diverse, right. and that's what the basketball landscape looks like now with the fans here in Canada. It's 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 attracting a younger audience, it's attracting a very diverse audience. That diverse audience is coming from a variety of different places because they didn't necessarily grow up with hockey. Right. They've, they've grown up with, with soccer as their sport, with basketball as their sport, and we're seeing that here in Edmonton right now. Edmonton is such a melting pot of cultures now that you can see you know, if you go to the family centers now or the rec facilities and you go look on the court, mm-hmm. there's 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 so many cultures of different people playing, playing basketball yeah. now. And, and, and when you look at the ages now, that didn't exist 25 years ago. No, it's true. And now being in a, a basketball, how important is it now to, you know, for the team to go out there and get kids involved, you know, in, say, a JP, in Harry Hanley's, in the Ross Shep, get involved and hope to on the singers come next year? Uh, I... I we're so excited about it. We've got we're at three different tournaments alone this weekend. Just having the presence there, we'll be at the JP tournament uh, this Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, I'll be one of the judges for the slam dunk competition. So, nice. really excited about that. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to be grilling my guys hard on that. You know, you, if you want a ten, you got to pull out something big on that. Right. Um, but we're see, like the JP tournament in itself is just a juggernaut. It is of attention and excitement, and I can't wait to see the level of basketball that's there now because. Mm. You know, from the time I and oh, I'll reference a lot back when I was young, but it's a good reference point. You were young so, like five years ago. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll use that. <laughs> you know, when I, when I when I was in high school, you know, twenty years ago, um, twenty twenty something like that. Um, <laughs> the, the level now is it's just night and day difference. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, um, just it, and that's a good thing. The, the, the training's better. The the kids are more athletic. It's the game has evolved so much right. now. It's really exciting to see, and we're seeing it on the national level now. Yeah. We're seeing Canadians getting drafted higher. We're getting seen drafted more often. We are at a point where that Canadian national team very, very soon is going to have to start cutting NBA players to yeah. fill out that roster. Yeah, crazy. 
I mean, how do you, being a such a uh, a, a hockey-driven nation, you you think of Canada, you think of predominantly hockey. How do you, for those kids that grew up with hockey and not really basketball, how do you get them to make that switch and look? Basketball is just as great, or, or sometimes even better. You know, that's a really good question. I, I would, I would look at other nations first off. You know, when I look at Brazil, mm-hmm. right? Brazil, obviously, soccer just just courses through their veins. Yeah. Brazil's an excellent basketball team. Mm-hmm. They, they have an excellent right program, are. right? Um, you know, the Argentinians have developed a, a fantastic yeah. national program. They won they gold, if you recall, uh, back in I believe it was 04. Don't quote me on that. Yeah, but it's. Yeah. We are a hockey nation. Uh, I'll never deny, deny that. I'm not trying to change that. But what we can also see is there's room for more than just hockey. Right. And, and you know, with basketball, basketball is a sport that's easy to pick up. It's easy to get into. The costs of playing basketball are incredibly affordable. So that, that is going to create a very easy entry point for a lot of people to get into now. I think... I don't think anybody here at the CEBL or the Edmonton Singers is trying to convert a hockey fan to a basketball right. fan, because why would I want to take away anybody from something that they love? So you're oh, trying to just add to their cupboard instead. Well, of you know, it, it's twofold. It's one we'd like to add to the to the tastes of, of the hockey fan, right. so there's something different. But there's also people that don't necessarily follow hockey. Hmm. Right. They follow other sports. We, right. We've seen the NFL take off in, in, in a huge way, especially in this market, too. There's a ton of NFL. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, like I said, we've we've seen basketball grow in, in a wide variety, too. It's just it's become a different option for people who are looking for, you know, something on top of hockey or something besides hockey. Of course. Of course. I know you announced earlier that you want two things. You're a FIBA sanctioned league now, which is massive. And of course, you never deal with New Era. How big was, of course, first be FIBA sanctioned? Of course, two be with New Era. A brand people know when it comes to marketing. Well, you know, being FIBA sanctioned gives us a level of credibility that no professional league in Canada has ever had. No. You know, combine that with the partnership that we just announced with Canada Basketball mm-hmm. makes a huge right. difference. It makes a difference in terms of our fans, in terms of seeing us as being credible. It makes a huge difference in terms of scouts and seeing the level of, of play that, that's going to exist here in this market. The level that we'll have for basketball here in this market will be higher than, it, than anything that's ever been seen before. Right. And that's something that when I look at putting the team together and building everything from top to bottom, on the floor, in the office, in the market – the level of basketball is the least of my concerns. We are going to have tough competition for the spots that we have on our roster. So I think that's going to be something that's pretty simple. Uh, the New Era announcement mm. was something that was really exciting because, you know, when I first heard it, it was New Era behind the scenes. I was really excited by that because New Era is a brand that we know our fans love already. Right. You know, the, right. you've seen who they've been positioned with, with MLB and, and other leagues like oh. that. When they do gear... It's good gear. It's good quality gear. Sure. You you know when you're getting a new era hat or hoodie or something like that. Right. The design's always solid. The right. quality is really good. I think that also gives us another level of credibility. That absolutely. You know, and, and the CFL has just partnered with New Era as well too. Yeah. So it's it's a really exciting time for New Era to be branching into this area of sports, and for us it's really exciting. Getting a five year commitment from someone like New Era really shows that we're here for a long time. So you touched on it briefly, but can you talk more about uh, Canadian basketball and how it's really kind of taken off and evolved in the last, you know, decade? You you look at back in the day, it was just 
kind of Steve Nash, and that was it. Kind of that kind I'll, of I'll even challenge you on that. It, was, it used to be guys like Bill Wennington, uh, I guess Todd McCollum, yeah, yeah. Rick Fox. You know, Rick, Rick yeah. Fox. Yes, mm-hmm. it was like it used to be a novelty where every now and then you'd see a game and be like, well, I think that guy's Canadian. That guy's true, Canadian, yeah, right? Yeah. And now <laughs> when you look at when you look at rosters throughout the league. Right. Um, I, I believe there's 18 active Canadians right now in the NBA, and I've got to double. And then you got RJ Barrett coming in. Well, you know, we, we saw two coming. years in a row where Canadians were drafted number one overall. Yeah. One didn't necessarily work out; the other one's struggling a little bit right now, but still has time to develop into an amazing player. This year, uh, RJ Barrett's going to be one or two. Yeah, I think mm. that's that's a given right now. Uh, we saw uh, a few Canadians go in the first round last year. There's five Canadians projected to go in the first round this year. Yeah, it's absolutely awesome. incredible to see the the level of talent that's that's being developed now to go into the NBA and, and for the national team now. I think with Glenn Grunwald coming on and being the head of Canada basketball, that's really going to change the landscape for Canada basketball because previously – there wasn't always a solid history of pros wanting to play for the national team. Yeah. Given Glenn's ties with the NBA and everything that he's done with basketball, I see that changing. I hope that changes because I want to see the national team do well. We know that Canadian basketball is growing by leaps and bounds, and this is one of the best ways to see what it's done is by having amazing showcases at the Olympics, being able to cool. medal. You know, the, the 2000 run by Steve Nash yeah. at the exactly. Summer Games was just something that... Sure. That just completely launched the the sport here in Canada to, to a new level, and for and for Steve Nash as well. Yeah, absolutely. And so, what what do you think is kind of, I, I guess you you touched on developing and all this stuff, but the the explosion of, of Canadian talent. What what really instead of guys going from you know oh I'm going to play hockey and you look at the Conor McDavid's and and mm-hmm. whatever and oh I'm I'm going to play for Canada and I'm going to represent Canada playing the NBA. Yeah, uh, you know I think it's a couple things. Um, one, we'll go back to the Vince Carter effect. Yeah. Um, when the Raptors came in, you know, they had the first couple of years and it was kind of, they struggled a bit, you know, mm-hmm. Vancouver was here and, and I really do honestly feel if, if, if the team was managed better, they'd still be there because the fan base was there, yeah. but it didn't happen. But you know, the first few years, the NBA in Canada, it was choppy and rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then Vince Carter came. And then new eyes came north of the border. And then all of a sudden, people wanted to see Toronto. And what we're really seeing now is when Vince played in the early 2000s, and now you project, you know, 18 years later, all these young kids who are now, young kids that are like 22, 23, 25 now, grew up watching Vince Carter. So, sorry, would you compare that then to maybe... Uh, maybe it's on a bigger scale, but Wayne Gretzky going to like California, and you see now teams in the Sun Belt area, and because if he would have never went to LA, there might not ever be teams there. You know what I mean? I, I would agree with that. But, I mean, Wayne Gretzky going to to California created a huge um, impact for the league, where they were able to expand into different markets. Wow. I think with Vince being here, what it did was it showed kids a different sport. That allowed him to get into quite easily, right. and, and and what it did was it opened the eyes to kids and say, okay, there's something some new on, on top of hockey. There's yeah. something where, and, and for parents, I think it was exciting because they weren't shelling out thousands and thousands. <laughs> exactly. Of dollars. exactly. I mean, and, and that, and yeah. I mean, that's just the reality of, of, of hockey and getting into the, that yeah. sport. And, right. and with basketball, it's 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 simple. You, you, you get shoes and you and you do your registration, mm. and generally everything else is provided for you now. Um, and, and I think that's that's really a big key as to why we're seeing 
kids now, uh, so many kids coming into the NBA and the national program. When you look at the Vince Carter and the Steve Nash, I think those are those are two really massive influences. Of course. And now the league, I know that with the EBL playing in the summer and springtime, how do you convince um, the guys to go over and play in, say, the EuroLeague or Australia? You know, no, come, come play at home. Don't go over. How do you convince the guys to not go to Europe and come play at home in this kind of league now? Well, they'll be able to do both. Okay. Because the the Euro leagues play generally from like an October November to an April May. Okay. Right. Okay. And, and even then, a lot of you know they may not even make it that far. Okay. We'll be able to pick up guys as they're coming off their schedule okay. playing in our league. It's okay. one of the big reasons why we went with the schedule we have, is because. Let, let me play out this scenario for you. If the CBL decided, hey, you know what, we're going to be uh, a new basketball league and we're going to start playing in October November. Now we have to find our pecking order with all the other leagues in right, America right, and across right. the world. Where do we draw that talent from? Yeah, That's where it becomes a little tough. By fitting into the part of the basketball schedule that's counter to what's normally done, yeah. now we're creating a massive demand on every roster spot that we have. And you just brought in your talent pool, basically. Well, yeah, now now it's, now it's going to be essentially guys are going to be fighting for those roster spots. Yeah. It's, we're going to have to make some very – very big cuts and we're going to be able to draw from a variety of pools right. we're going to be able we'll have a youth sports draft cool uh, we'll be able to draw from uh, graduating ncaa players we'll be able to draw from fiba leagues across the world and we'll even wow. be taking guys from g league as okay. well too so wow. Wow. Okay. it's it's i mentioned before our level of basketball i'm i'm not concerned about how good it's going to be right. because i i'm more concerned about the guys trying out because we're going to have we're going to have to cut some pretty good players cool which is which is Right. It's where we'll have a lot of people uh, fighting for those 60 spots awesome. that we have. Yeah. Remember, off we are broadcasting, how big will it be for this team, this league as a whole, to utilize a Facebook Live or a Twitter Live when it comes to content, be it games, be it different segments during the season? Well, you know, we talked a little about this before. People's habits are changing now. Um, the, the new generation that's coming in mm-hmm. and is able to you know, when they're moving out, if they're moving out. Uh, <laughs> well, you hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what we're finding is, and everybody knows this now, if I want content, I go find the content where I want to find it. It's at your fingertips. It's at your fingertips. And on the flip side of that now, if I want to create content, I don't necessarily have to go to the cable networks to get that anymore. No. I can create those channels. Mm-hmm. So items like Facebook Live, your Twitter, and having your own YouTube channel right. are massive because now we can control the message that goes directly to our audience, and we can get instant feedback as a result of that. So I think that's it's really interesting to see how sports now is evolving through that. We're seeing all the leagues right now kind of go through yeah. a bit of a metamorphosis mm-hmm. as to how they bring their games to their audience. You know, MLB has done a really good job now. They're starting to really get to into that space them. now, yeah. um, which is really fascinating to watch for for a sport that's probably has changed the least amount. Out of <laughs> all everybody, of yeah. <laughs> Um, are finding ways now to, to get in front of people. So, you know, for us, for a league and for a team, we're we're, we're creating a lot of those those channels, that content, um, because we can deliver it right to everybody that's there. And I, I think right. that's really exciting because we can get we can tell those stories that people can see automatically. They can see it whenever they want, how they want, through sure. a variety of different ways. Now it's it's just the game's changed. The game's completely changed, and we're at a point because we're coming in right from scratch we could take advantage of that. Right. We're, we're not tied to anything that there was in the past. And that's no. really a big thing. 
Sure. Go ahead, man. As I mentioned too, and I, I would mention today, and, and, and every every new league, be it in whatever sport, basketball, football, hockey, wants to add gimmicks to its rules. Are you gonna go full full on just pure FIBA rules? Are you gonna add? Do you need legal add different now? Make it a little bit spicy. FIBA rules. Full FIBA rules. FIBA no, rules. no gimmicks. No so, added. Anything. No, because you know okay. a part of our announcement with Canada basketball is we are an official div- division one. Um, category okay. of basketball. Okay. So, you know, are, are we adding five point shots to there? Or, <laughs> say or like, you know, is like there going to be. If you look at. I can't remember. Someone put this to me a while ago. Like, mm-hmm. you, could, you, you, could, you could litter the highway with gravestones of the previous leagues that have tried to, to work in the past. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of those leagues have tried different ways to, to make the game more fun and more interesting. Mm-hmm. The reality is FIBA, 90% of the leagues in the world play by FIBA rules. Yeah, right. So they don't have to gimmick it up. It works. And it'll work here. Like, it, And the game now has become so entertaining and exciting. And, and seeing that the, the skill level has become so watchable. Now we, what's the need for gimmicks? Gimmicks work great, but gimmicks... Die. True. You know the reason why a gimmick is a gimmick is because it has a short lifespan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then once you in- implement that, what's what's next, right? If 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 you're going to market with that pretty quickly, you're you're, you're going to lose that share. Can we? Can we uh, I'd be remiss to not talk about the Raptors. Absolutely. Uh, real, real quick, and you know there there was a I, I guess a, a ripple or or some some upset fans with Demar Derozan leaving and bringing Kawhi Leonard. Uh, to Toronto. First yeah. off, your thoughts on that, and your your thoughts then, and maybe your thoughts now. And does this make them a better team, and maybe a championship team? Um, my thoughts then are the same as my thoughts now. I love, awesome. I, I, I love the awesome. deal. Um, I I really enjoyed what Demar Derozan and Kyle Lowry brought to the table, and really took the franchise to a new level, and, okay. and gave the franchise a face. But I also do feel after, you know, especially watching the last two, three, four years, the team had maxed out what they were going to be. They did. And I, I truly felt that they had taken them as far as they could. And in order to, to get to that next level, mm-hmm. sometimes you have to make those painful moves. Um, you know, we, we see it in different sports all the time. I I go, you know, I remember the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had Tony Dungy as a coach for yeah. the longest time. And they were hitting the ceiling. Where they couldn't get past a certain level, they'd get to, right. you know, the, the the division finals, the conference finals. Couldn't break through. No. Realized they needed something a little extra. Went out and let go of J- Tony Dungy, who was beloved by the fan base, and went right. by John yeah. Gruden, right? right? Helped them put him over the top, right? Um, right. And, and I see that with this too. You know, is it a risk? It is a, a risk, but I think you don't you don't get anywhere by if you don't take risks. No. And I it's think anything in life, though. Right? And, and that's the thing. And you bring in a Kawhi Leonard. Yes, it's it's you have Kawhi Leonard for one year, and we don't. Nobody knows what's going to happen with I Kawhi, don't think Kawhi next knows. year. <laughs> but what a lot of people I think forget too is the Raptors only had Demar Derozan for two more years, so sure, they right. only gave up one year out of that whole situation. Mm-hmm. And not only that, I love that they got Danny Green out of that. I right, think Danny so Green I. is a fantastic. Uh, rotation player that fits into the model quite well. He he fills so many needs for the Raptors with his shooting and his defense. You look at that unit now as a starting five, and their defense is incredible. Really? They get into shutdown modes where for three, four minutes, they're barely letting anybody get a look at the basket. So I think it's tough because you could... I think people were emotionally attached to DeMar because DeMar legitimately wanted to be in Toronto, sure. and we hadn't seen that for so long. 
you know, especially after getting jilted by guys like Vince mm-hmm. and Chris yeah. and Tracy, where, you know, everyone's like, oh, just, just someone love us. Someone love us, please. Yeah, Stay please, here. Exactly. Please, be right. the face. And, and <laughs> now that Damar was here, he, you could tell he wanted to be it. And, and people took that personally. But it's a business. It and, and And I think now – I. It'd be, I'd be very curious to see – I wish there was a percentage that you could get to people that were, were really angry about what was happening before and are now going, uh, no, yeah. oh, wait a minute. Because I think yeah. the one thing with Kawhi too is everyone talked about it being a top five player and a, and you know the best two-way player in the game. But he was still kind of hidden in San Antonio because he wasn't mm-hmm. in a big market. So you still mm-hmm. hadn't And he was really, around Tony Parker and managing all the Yeah, so you, you kind of – you never really saw Kawhi on the national stage too much, except when they were in the finals and everything. And you got glimpses of it. You mm. watch him now. You watch him take over games on both ends. Mm. One thing I've really been impressed with this year is I did not realize how polished he was offensively until yeah, watching yeah, him this yeah, year. Yeah. Uh, you could tell he's developed his one-on-one game. Yeah, he's still got to work a little bit more at the end of game situations. We've we've seen that over the last couple of weeks where they've had some opportunities, but. He gets to his spots on the floor. He, does. he has a beautiful little jumper that he can get to. Um, it's it's really fascinating to watch. Their offense hasn't missed a beat yeah. at all. Um, yeah. You know, the one thing with Demar is Demar. Demar was a fascinating player and was a perfect fit for what the NBA was 10, 15 years ago. He was he was that excellent mid range jumper, one on one scorer. That game was so perfect for the mid two thousands and so forth. Demar struggled from three point lines. Yeah. He did. And the he analytics did. show, you know, you could see where the spots on the floor are to get your best shots. Um Kawhi fits into that. Kawhi fits into that a lot better. And and there was jilted feelings and jilted fans. Winning cures a lot of that. True. So uh, is there a concern with uh, Kyle Lowry? I mean Kyle had yeah, no points <sighs> against Milwaukee. Is this is there a concern? Is this maybe I know there's possibly hard feelings with him and and Masai, could this be the end of Kyle as well in Toronto? I mean, what, what's next year? You know, Kyle's a really interesting player. Um, I find his career very fascinating because I don't think anyone ever projected Kyle Lowry to be the player that the he is now. Game. I think yeah. Kyle overachieved yeah. mm-hmm. for, for what he's done, and I don't fault him at all for that. Um, and good for him. He got a massive contract out of mm-hmm. it where he's getting $33 million per Good on it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. uh, <laughs> I think Kyle, for the first 46 minutes of a game, is lights out. Where I've always had a bit of a challenge with Kyle Lowry is the last two minutes of a game. Oh. I question some of the decision-making. I notice the same trends tend to happen where he'll get at the top of the key and then dribble into traffic and try to draw a foul. He will. And for some reason, Kyle just doesn't seem to have either the, the respect of the refs or just the reputation where he seems to get those calls yeah. where he needs them to. And we just saw too many situations over the last couple of years where they just weren't able to execute. I don't know. I, I think I'm confident Kyle Lowry will finish out his contracts here in, in Toronto. I think it'll be tough to, to renew him because by that time he's going to be in his mid thirties. He's got a, he's, he's a smaller guy. Um, you know, he, he doesn't rely too much on his speed. He gets by on guile and wits and then knowing where to be on the floor. But at some point you got to, Bill Belichick does this best. He always gets rid of guys a year too early yeah, yeah. rather than a year too late. And I'm hoping that's the case that happens here. Not that I want to see Kyle Lowry go, but I think at some point 
you know, I, I, I don't see Kyle Lowry being here in five years. Right. You mentioned that. And, and the one team that's been him twice so far has been Milwaukee. People are talking about the biggest oh. Toronto have been. Oh, watch out for Boston. Watch out for Philadelphia. Watch out for maybe Detroit. To me, watch out for Milwaukee. They've been them twice already this season. That's the team that needs the biggest threat to the Raptors right now. That team is long. You look at all the all five oh, yeah. all five spots on the board. Oh, yeah. Those are some long athletic yeah. players. Yeah. Um, the Greek freak is just is is it's something is something to watch. And when you, like I, I was watching on on Monday there, and you just every now and then I just get stunned by looking how how big he is compared to everybody else. Mm. And he's and he's become incredibly fluid. His ball handling has become. Uh, average, you know, right. and that's all he needed yeah. Yeah. because with his frame and the way he's able to get to his spots on the court, that's all he needs to do. His shooting's improving. His outside shots still need some work, but they've really surrounded him with guys that have really yeah. fit into yeah. that model quite well. And when they get into defensive lockdown mode, they're Look really, yeah. really exactly. tough to get open looks on. So I, Milwaukee's really fascinating. They're even though they're they're at. You know, right near the top of the Eastern Conference, there's still no one talks about them. No, everyone still wants to talk about Boston. Everyone still wants to talk about Philly because yeah. Boston's got Kyrie and Gordon and, yeah, and Tatum. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the the big name guys, and it's a big market. And and the Sixers have Embiid and Simmons and Butler, and they've Butler got their now, own yeah. version of the big three now, and it's and it's fun. And everyone wants to trust the process. Milwaukee's this team, though. With I guarantee, when the playoffs come around, no one's going to want to play Milwaukee. No, absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, is uh, I want to bring up another team that you, I mean, they still are very powerful. But is there a cause for concern in, in Golden State with, with Kevin Durant and, and kind of that rip there? Is this the end of Golden State as we kind of know it? I mean, Steph's going to be there, obviously. Yeah, you know, it's it's Pat Riley talked about this years ago. He referred to it as the disease of me. Oh, yeah. After, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah fair enough. Yeah. Like, if you're not familiar with it um, – he refers to, you know, after a team has so many years of, of success, whether it's with championships or glory or whatever it is, at some point, people on the roster want to get theirs. Yeah. Right? And it's a natural progression. Oh, we're, we're all like that. Yeah. And I'm not saying that anybody on Golden State is selfish anyway, but I think everything has a run at certain point, mm-hmm. and I think we're starting to see it now a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when they were going through their going through their current run, three championships in four years, um, they barely had any injury concerns. Right. They were really, really healthy, abnormally healthy. Um, now we're starting to see, you know, Steph Curry's always had a couple of injury histories. You know, it worked out best for them uh, that he had injury histories because they were able to sign him to a low deal. He got that four-year, $40 million yeah. deal, which allowed him to bring all these other guys up. You right. know, it just, it just worked out really well. But, um, you know, do I see the Golden State run possibly ending I, I do I, I don't think KD's going to stay um, my, my gut's telling me KD is going to New York Interesting. I, I think I think and this is just my, my prediction um, I think for KD to truly cement his his basketball legacy and and just from what I you know just from what I could see in the background and watching Kevin Durant I, I feel like there's almost a need to really uh, put himself among the all-time greats. And in order for him to do that, he's going to have to go somewhere else right. in order to be able to do that. Because if he continues to do it with Golden State, whether it's fair or not, it's always going to be looked at as if he attached himself to something rather than created something. So uh, he grew up a Raptor fan. Is there a fit for him potentially for? <sighs> um, well, anytime you can add a top two or three player, I think there's a fit in any market. Right. So uh, <laughs> the the question is, would he come to Toronto? Um, 
Could Drake persuade me? Maybe. You know, it's the, the Drake relationship. I, I have no doubt makes things a little more interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think, as much as I love the Raptors and what's happened, there's a little more to your basketball legacy if you can bring a championship to NYC than we the North. That is very right? true. And that's the thing. It, like the true. Knicks, the Knicks haven't had a title since '72. Yeah. Right. That, that's, a, that's, that's a market that's gone 46 years without having a title, right? Yeah. I mean, time. but but MSG is still MSG. Yeah. You know, Madison Square Garden is still the mecca, the place where you want to play. And, uh, and yeah. you know, if, honestly, if KD went to New York and was able to help bring them a title, mm. all of a sudden now, because, you know, people talk about is KD a, a top 25 all time, a top 20 all time, a top 15 all time. He goes to New York and brings them a title now. Now he's in that top 10. Now he's starting to the top five. Like his stats and his rings and everything. Now, once you start putting them up against the all-time greats, right. if he can do that one extra thing, I think that'll be the game changer. And that's where I see the whole Golden State scenario starting to to fall apart a little bit. And I see, you know, Draymond's one of those guys where he's got that personality where can, can you stick with him? Yeah. Can you, you know, that's I think that's interesting too. So, uh, and then there's the clay factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, clay has said several times, too. I plan on staying. But there might be an appetite at some point where Clay might want to go and, and, and do something else and, and, and not that he'll chase stats, but yeah. but, but, but be Clay and, and, and get paid like exactly. a guy like Clay. Yeah. should get paid. Yeah. When you look at other guys around the league who are getting thirty plus, a Mike Conley and Andrew Wiggins, Clay yeah. Clay isn't getting that right now. No. At some point he probably wants to get that contract and I can't fault the middle for doing that. Of course. I do want to ask you now, Gail. This is a question people have tried to bring up so many times on social media. I want to hear your point of view. In a seven game series Fictional NBA Finals, Night Five Bulls against the Modern Day Warriors. Who wins? I'm going the Bulls in six games. I think Chicago takes that series. Put the Bulls against the Modern Day Warriors. Yeah, that's tough because you know I've seen this argument. I've heard it. I've had it with several people. Um, you know, a lot of people say, "Okay, well, what rules are we playing under?" Um, I, I take the Warriors. Really? And here's why. Um, I think the Warriors have more offensive options than the Bulls ever had. And the Warriors have also shown when it comes time to play defense, they can play defense. But yeah. Would Jordan go off on those guys? A hundred percent. I have no doubt about it. Jordan would probably get 50-55. He might average that in the finals. But the reality is, who else is going to score? And and when you look at that Golden State team, Clay is an elite defender. Draymond's an elite defender. Kevin Durant has shown to be quite a good defender when motivated and when he can play in a help situation. Tell me who that third guy is going to be on Chicago who's going to create that offense. I'll take point. It's Ron Harper. Ron Harper was a lead scorer in Cleveland. He became a defensive guy at the ball. I think it's Ron Harper. Ron Harper was a lead scorer in Cleveland when Cleveland was winning 26 games. They blew me out. He turned into a great defender in Chicago. I think he could stop guys with play or KD. Because a great defender with the Bulls. Yeah. I mean, you know, even if you – brought in the, the 90s hand check rules. I think mm-hmm. that would limit some of that. But then you come back to the, the spacing and the shooting of what Golden State can do, and I think that makes a big difference in itself. The Bulls never, never had to chase around a team that could space the floor like the Warriors did. So when you talk about that internal defense that Chicago had, a lot of the style of that game at the time was put it in the paint, mid-range jumpers, everything was closer to the hoop. Now you've got to extend all these guys right. by a certain level Plus, with the ball movement that, that comes in, when you watch a Golden State offense, it's not just the shooting. It's all the off-the-ball movement that comes oh, with it, too. Yeah. You watch how many easy 
uncontested baskets those guys get because so many of them move so well off the ball. I think Chicago would have a tough time defending them. There's one factor that may, that may, may come issues. That the fact that if you people had said, you know, match up Draymond against Dennis Rodman, I think Rodman would drive Draymond insane in a series. I think Rodman, because you the great solution with your mental, the mental game, I think you go on Draymond and do something stupid in that series. I think that's a very fair comment. I would also say it would work the other way, too. I, I think Draymond, Draymond does the exact same thing <laughs> that Dennis did without the colored hair. You know, Draymond, Draymond <laughs> has shown. Draymond has shown that he can get in guys' heads. Right. Um, you know, he's six, 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 seven, and bodies up against guys way bigger than him. It, I, I think I think they cancel each other out in a lot of ways. The one difference with Draymond is you can facilitate the offense through Draymond, and you couldn't do that through Dennis. Good point. Dennis relied any offensive production he had was by attacking the boards, mm-hmm. but you couldn't run the offense through Dennis. And and it's been shown Draymond can 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 rebound, pass the ball. Help out on defense. I think Draymond's a, a little more of a versatile player than Dennis was. Fair enough. See, I'm, I'm an MJ fan. I'm a huge MJ fan. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had somebody come up to me a couple weeks ago and said, LeBron's better than MJ. I mean, what, oh, we're going to get into this now. We're talking about the baby. Now we're going to get into this now. So I got to get your. Can I, can, I, can I text the rest of my friends so I can get another I mean, uh, LeBron or, or MJ, I mean, depending on the situation, uh, what, what do you think? You, um, you take 23 in the Bulls or 23 in the Lakers? Oh, okay. Well, okay. If you're saying 23 in the Bulls versus 23 in the Lakers, I'm going to take 23 in the Bulls. Right. Because LeBron has had. Thirty plus games with the right. Lakers right now. I don't think I don't think that's even a fair. So what? What about LeBron and Cleveland and Miami against Jordan and the Bulls? Well, the Jordan and the Bulls is going to be the Jordan and that Bulls team. I mean, we've we've had this debate right now. Are they the mm-hmm. best team or the second best team? Right. I don't think um, um, any of those Cleveland teams are going to be necessarily considered to be one of the all time greats. No. If anything, LeBron. Dragged a lot of those guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. Look at LeBron's yeah. first finals appearance when he they won 66 games, and the huh. second best player on that team was Donyon Marshall. Yeah, <laughs> or, or or Big yeah. Z's or Jordan yeah. Roskis. I yeah. mean, that's yeah, that says something right there. I mean, the Bulls teams in itself were were, were legendary. You yeah. know, they won 72 games. They won 69 games. Um, I, I if you're taking Jordan and his team and comparing it with LeBron and his team. I don't think it's a fair comparison. If we're talking Jordan versus LeBron, who's the better basketball player, yeah. I think that's a much more compelling argument and a little more fair. Sure. Well, who's, well you tell me that. In your mind, I, I think all day it's still MJ. I take yeah. MJ. Yeah. But what, what about you? Um, I'm, I'm a LeBron guy. And, yeah. and here's and here's why. Um, and and, and I, I, this isn't my quote, but I'll, I'll live by it. Colin Cowherd uh, put it best. Yeah. If you – if you have this argument without talking championships, tell me why Jordan is a better player than LeBron. Wow, yeah. I'll say I'll say this with Michael. Michael Jordan, when he played in the playoffs, Michael Jordan played against teams like the Sixers, against the Bucks, who are Hall of Famers. Celtics, Hall of Famers. LeBron did play against all teams who really had guys you could say, oh, that's Hall of Famers. Like, on, like, it's hard right now because we're not at a point where the, the when we're looking at these teams, whether we can say whether they're Hall of Famers on there or not. Yes. So, and, and when you. I love the NBA in the 90s. That's when I became a fan. Yeah, I watched all the tapes and yeah, everything, yeah, too. Yeah. If you go back and looked at some of those teams, you know, we talk about the Knicks. I mean, the Knicks had Ewing and a bunch of thugs. Well, uh, Right? You know, it's – and, um, you know, a lot of those teams had one Hall of Famer and a bunch of really good players. Mm. I think we, we somehow – I think we sometimes overrate the teams in the past and how good they, they, really they truly, truly were. Yeah. And, and I think that that's really part of it is is you know Jordan got through some tough teams, 
But at the same time, if you go back, you know, you can go back statistically and compare some of those things. I think LeBron faced way tougher teams in the finals than Jordan ever did. LeBron had to play the Spurs at their absolute peak. That that series, the Spurs and the Heat, um, was some of the most beautiful basketball I've ever seen played by the Spurs. Nobody was touching them on, on, on in that series. No. And you know, I, so Jordan played the Supersonics. Okay, the two best players were Gary Payton, Sean Kemp, which is Gary Payton's, Gary Payton's Hall of Famer, right, yeah, 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 and Sean Kemp. Sean Kemp being a Hall of Famer. No. Okay. Um, he played the Utah Jazz. Okay, Carl Malone and John Stockton. I, I don't doubt are, yeah. are all time greats. There was nothing else on that team. And there really, once you kind of shut down that connection between Malone and Stockton, there really wasn't much there was else there. Yeah. Hornacek was okay. Um, and then, you know, the, the, the Suns were probably the biggest threat, right? right? And, and, and I mean, and Jordan elevated them past that point. But well, Portland, too, you had um, Clyde Drexler, you had uh, Terry Porter. Yeah. Too. So Clyde Drexler, Terry Porter. Cliff Robinson. Yeah, uh, right. Okay. You know, yeah. uh, you know um, Soldier, uh, not Soldier Jonas uh, Sabonis. Yeah. You know, it, like in the last three, four years of his career uh, before yeah, he was uh, an uh, all-world player. So, uh, he, you know, uh, if, if we compare, let's break it down. So Jordan versus LeBron. Score, Jordan hands down. Easily the better score. Um, we know this. There's no argument about that. Let, let's talk on defense. I'll argue LeBron. Um, because Jordan was an all-world defender, and yes, he won Defensive Player of the Year. He did, yes. Jordan could guard the one, two, and three spot. LeBron has shown throughout his career he's been able to guard spots one through five. Yeah. To me, he's more versatile. He's a better help defender. I think there's that. Let's talk about let's talk about assists and passing the ball. I think LeBron is one of the top five passers ever. I can when you look it. at his court vision, it, it yeah. is incredible. Yeah. His bat like. He sees things on the floor that never happened before. Maybe no, Jordan had that element. We just don't know because right. he never showed it. Right. And then, you know, uh, Jordan, uh, LeBron's been shown to be a better rebounder as part of that. I think LeBron has done more with less uh, mm-hmm. on his team, maybe to his detriment in some ways. Uh, but I, I, I think LeBron's done a better job of elevating the talent around him than, than Jordan did. Jordan, you know, uh, LeBron played with Wade. And Bosch, yeah. and 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 Wade was was still really good. Bosch was a nice complimentary piece. Uh, Jordan played with Pippen, mm-hmm. you know, and I mean, I don't I don't think uh, I, I don't think LeBron ever had a Pippen on his team. And the thing with Pippen was Pippen could take the best defensive assignment every single game. Yeah. So Jordan didn't have to have that responsibility. Right. So it allowed him a little bit to pick his spots on defense and <laughs> to really focus on offense too. So if it comes down to it, I I, I know it's tough and it's controversial, but I think LeBron. Who's a better basketball player than Jordan is? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Very, you know what? Who's your first? You know what? I'll, there I'll, go. I'll say this still. I'll say this still. One, my, my, my last point. I still feel Jordan will be the goat because Jordan is now an entity as well too. I don't know if you'll go into a. I don't know if you'll go into a store one day mm-hmm. and see LeBron stores like you do a Jordan store. Uh, you're right. We probably won't. Uh, but at the same time, I think that a lot of that's due with timing. Jordan came in. He, Jordan was able to create that just as much as anything. Right. You know, Jordan came in at a time just after the NBA started to become popular. You know, mm-hmm. before Magic and Bird came on, the NBA Finals was in tape delay. It was, yeah. Right? And then it took That's a couple right. of years for Jordan and Bird to elevate it to that point. There was no one getting sponsorship at that time. The only no. thing going on was, you know, Converse was sponsoring a variety of different guys throughout the league. Yeah. Then Nike... I, you know, Nike and Jordan are their their scents came up at the same time. Um, you know, is there space for LeBron to do that? No, I'll counter with this. 
is Michael Jordan built a school in his hometown. Oh, good boy. He's donated. No, like, like to me, you know, when we look good at the boy. Jordan brand and what that is, I think that's something very special. I think what LeBron is doing is doing something that's different. I'm not saying it's better or worse, but he's finding a different way to have an impact as part of that. Jordan's been an incredible businessman, and he's found a way to to, to leverage his brand and, and use it in a variety of different ways. LeBron's doing that too, but he's doing it in different ways. And I think that's where you're really going to see the social impact. We never saw Jordan speak up on social issues. No. You know, he always had that quote, well, Republicans buy sneakers too, right? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. I get that. You're, yeah. you're, you're thinking of, of the business and the brand. But we've seen LeBron now step up and have and have a voice yeah. at a time where, where we needed guys um, to, to, to have that. Yeah. So I think it's really interesting that they each have different impacts. And, and that's what I love about the debate. I love the fact and I love that it. we that's can sit here yeah. and go. To me, that's the, big, the biggest compliment to LeBron is that you can legitimately have a conversation about who's greater. Right. And I think that in itself is the biggest compliment that you can pay to LeBron is that you can talk about that right. and, and, and make an argument. So I want to end on this then. Is LeBron – so we, we hear a lot about these super teams and you see LeBron with Wade and yep. Boss and, uh, you know, Cleveland. It was yeah. – they brought in Kevin Love and all, you know, all so, oh, that didn't pan out so yeah. well. But it was uh, um, is, is LeBron better more so at the forefront and have that team around him? Or do you think it was it's best to have LeBron and superstars? Do you think LeBron just – does he flourish more kind of by himself, so to speak, than other talent or talented players to his level around him? That's an interesting question. First, I want to talk about the super teams really quickly because yeah, everyone talks about the super team starting when <laughs> when when uh, LeBron started with Wade and Bosch. Right, right. Yeah, Newsflash, before. this has gone on before. Yeah, before. It happened in Houston in the mid-90s yeah. when Olajuwon was there, and they decided to bring in Harp. Pitt and Barkley. Yeah. Remember the Lakers when they were on their finals run, and they decided, hey, let's bring in Carl Malone and Gary Payton. Like, this has gone on in the past. It has. So it's not like the super teams thing is anything that's new. new. Yeah. Uh, this has gone on. Um, oh, by the way, remember the Celtics in the mm-hmm. mid-2000s where they decided, yeah. oh, Pierce. wow, you know, Paul Pearson getting it done. So let's bring in Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen at the same yeah. time. Yeah. This whole super team thing starting with LeBron, right. I'm sorry, people, get your facts right and no <laughs> basketball history. Yes. Before you start saying LeBron started the super it's team. It's true. Because that's not what happened, okay? <laughs> yeah. So I just wanted to clear that up because that's something that always bugged me. Um I think LeBron would benefit by having that second guy there um, because now LeBron's getting to the point. He's in his 16th year. Mm-hmm. Everyone forgets about this. Right. He's in his 16th mm-hmm. season. He's he's climbing up the all-time minutes chart now. The mileage on his body is insane. And we're not even talking about the fact that he's gone to the, the finals eight straight years. At some point, you got to start relieving that a little bit. I think he's taking on a little more of a workload now in the, with the Lakers because <laughs> – you know, he came in. They had this plan where they were going to have a lot of ball distribution with Rondo and and uh, and Ball and everything now. And then with Rondo out and, and Ball not necessarily quite fit in that role, everything just seems to flow better through LeBron because, you know, I hate to say it, but when when LeBron's on the floor, he's probably the smartest guy on the court. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I I challenge somebody to to, to argue differently on that. Um, but you know, as his career progresses, he's going to need somebody there. To, to alleviate some of that workload. Right. When he gets to 38, 39, and I have no doubt he's going to play to that point because he takes such good care of himself, but he's going to be that guy who maybe floats more into that four spot. You know, I could see a guy where he operates more down low a little yeah. bit. 
uh, even though we don't see that in the game as much. Right. His game is going to evolve a little bit more. So I think right now what's going on with the Lakers is he's doing that just based out of necessity. At the same time, they've kept his minutes down. Yeah. So I think that's something that, that's really encouraging. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to see what's happening in L.A. right now because, you know what, they have a winning record. Yeah, they have a winning record, and they're playing in the West. Right yeah. Like, I think that in itself yeah. is amazing because they only won 30 games last year. Right. Yeah. And, and now and then they added McGee and Stevenson and Rondo and they got all these new pieces and yeah. they're still making it's it cool work. It's cool to see Stevenson and LeBron. Yeah, it's weird. I, 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 I don't know about that. I, I kinda, <laughs> it it feels strange. I, I'm not comfortable with that right now, but it's it's really fascinating to watch. And I think you watch if if somehow LeBron can get a title in L.A. Mm-hmm. now, I think that. <sighs> It adds another element to that, that yeah. argument we just had before yeah. because now he'll be three different teams he'll he'll have brought to the promised land. Yeah. And yes, you know, everyone's like, Oh, look, you know, Jordan did it all with Chicago. Jordan played two years in Washington people, you gotta remember that. That's right. I think it adds an interesting element to it. So I, I I'm sorry, you brought up one I, I love this conversation. We gotta keep this No, going. keep going. Uh, I, I gotta <laughs> it's ask a podcast, you know, we can do whatever we want people. Right, right, right. It's our show. Um, I, I gotta ask you about the ball fan we know it. I mean that that's kind of um, Lonzo Ball is now more in the forefront. You don't yeah. hear so much about yeah. his dad anymore, but at the beginning it was a lot of his dad and yes. beat MJ and yep. all this stuff. But what are your thoughts on that and kind of how it's? You know what? I'll give Lebar Lebar Ball a lot of credit. Yeah, and here's why. I I think I legitimately think Lebar Ball managed to talk his son into that number two pick. He was a he was a really good college player, right. you know, and he and he got drafted in a year where, where you know the talent maybe wasn't as strong as the previous years. But I think a lot of that, the, the timing was right for everything on that. Magic was looking for a guy. Lonzo wanted to play there. The pick was there, so I think that was part of it. Whatever you know, whatever we think of Lavar as as, as a loud mouth, <laughs> a lot of things. Yeah. Um, to his credit, he's he is out there and he's trying to do what's best for his sons. Right. He puts himself as a lot of that face as part of it. Maybe it yeah. doesn't come across the right way. Uh, he's doing a lot more for, for his kids than a lot of other dads right. right now are doing for their kids. So when LeVar does something, yeah, you know, you kind of listen to it and it's a lot of bravado and hot air. Yeah. I always kind of keep that in the back of my mind a little bit. And, and here's another thing I think with the Ball family. They've... They went out and created their own brand, big baller brand, which right? Which is cool. Which, which is interesting, and we, we laugh about it a lot, and it's the $500 shoe model. <laughs> While this model may not work out, I truly think it's it's setting a new standard for new guys when they come into the league. They're going to start looking at this as a potential model to create their own brand because we're seeing this now. We see this all over the place. We see it with what you guys are doing now. You're creating your own brand by doing this. This is what these guys are doing now. Right. Why... Why go through a Nike or an Adidas or something where you have to play by their rules when now I can pl- create my own rules and talk to my audience as part of that? And and we're going to see that more and more and more as, as time goes on. So while the big baller brand may not work out in the long run, I think it's creating an interesting test case for it's that next guy yeah. for, 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 to possibly do something like right. that. So they, really interesting. You mentioned their own brand. I mean, they made their own league, the JBA. Yes. Because Lamar basically said – Pretty NCAA. I'll give these kids their own platform to get paid and play ball in, in my own league. Well, and and you know that that's a whole different conversation with with how the NCAA is, is yeah. working now, and, and they're running into this with basketball and football now, and trying to figure out what are we doing with these guys now. To, right. Frankly, to keep them, the, the mm-hmm. one yeah. and done situation now has come to the point where 
you know you're watching a guy for a time, and you're yeah. just counting down until they get drafted. Yeah. Of so, and now we're seeing more guys um, go different routes. They're going to play in Europe. Some guys aren't even going to college. They're taking the year off to get ready for the draft. Which you know, and, and, and it's slowly happening. Guys, you know, the G League is creating scenarios now where they are creating like a, an elite contract, and I can't remember what the wording is on it, but they're they're enticing players to go directly to the G League and, and bypass the NCAA altogether. And, and I think what everybody's starting to realize now um, is the system just doesn't work like it did before, where you had guys playing for three, four years and you were developing this 22-year-olds coming out now. The minute that high school players started getting drafted, it just it just changed the model altogether. Mm-hmm. And, and I think there's a lot of good arguments for that. Why, you know, why shouldn't a 19 year old be able to to go and, and, and get paid for it? Why why should college athletes not receive something when you look at the billions of dollars of revenue that's going out to the, to the schools? Yeah. Yeah. And 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 you know, these guys are the argument of a free education. I just don't necessarily buy because they're earning they're earning educations that they can't apply. Yeah, you know they're they're taking the courses they're taking are just it's ridiculous. I'd rather see them have to learn a trade while they're doing it. So as the ninety five percent of guys who aren't going to the pros, you know, go to their next level of their school, they have something tangible that they can go into the workforce and actually do, rather than a college education that they're never going to apply. Right? Because I mean, because you forget people forget you know the guys in Kentucky might make it to the NBA, Mm -hmm. but what the guys playing on a Stony Brook or a Providence, yeah, they may not all go to the NBA. No, no. I mean, the, the numbers suggest that, you know, it's, it's X amount of percentage of high school players get a college degree. Mm-hmm. The X amount of percentage of that go on to play pro. The X percentage of that go on to play to the NBA. Like, the, the NBA is cream crop, right? Yeah. We, we all know this. No one's denying it. What's happening to all those other players? There's lots of other pro opportunities that are happening, like the CABL. But uh, <laughs> that's a good plug. It is. But, uh, <laughs> but, but there's what's happening to the other guys. And, and the problem is the system is encouraging kids to come out and think that they're going to go straight to the top. Right. You know, to, whether that, that's fair or not. Because, you know, when you're, when you're the best in your class and you go somewhere, you mm. what else are you going to think? You're getting fed that throughout. So, And yeah. then you realize when you get there, it's like, wow, this is not I got I competition. I got competition, and all of a sudden I realize that I'm the best in my class, so is everybody so else that's here. Exactly. Yeah, so you, you may even leave score on Princeton. But going from the Ivy League or going from say the, the A10 yeah. to in, in, in NBA is a whole different story. Absolutely. So it, it's 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 kind of an it's a very interesting evolution as to what's happening right now. Um, and, and there's guys getting in front of it. So you know, credit to Lavar Ball for mm-hmm. for looking at an avenue like that. Is it going to work? I don't know. But you know, the AAU system in itself has changed things so much now. Um, kids just aren't playing high school ball the way they used to. They're yeah. they're getting into the AAU programs and getting in front of those scouts where they can get in front of the shoe companies now. And, you know, we're seeing it here locally, too. We're seeing local hoops programs start and develop. Now, this didn't exist 15, 20 years ago. Right. No. We are seeing programs now. We're seeing coaching that's happening now right. that, that that didn't happen and exist. And, and it's not a fault of the schools. I, I don't expect the, the high schools to be developing these these players. But yeah. it's happened in sports for years. Hockey's always had private private schools, private always. teachings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, always. That? Basketball here in this market's finally catching up to that, and it's been that way in other markets for years. That's true. Right. Yeah. Well, hey, we uh, we appreciate you coming on, man, joining us. Yeah. We look forward so much to the tip-off of the Edmonton Stingers and the new league and 
I, I know we're excited to come out and check out a few games. And, Excellent. Uh, and if you need a broadcast team, you know who to call. Uh, I, I, I might have met a couple <laughs> guys tonight that, that might be a fit. So. <laughs> we appreciate it. I can't awesome, guys. So Thanks a lot, guys. Really appreciate Thank it. Thank you, man. Thank you. Come back soon. I will. All right. All right, guys. We'll be back for part two. Stay tuned. Yeah. What's up? What is up? Woo! What is up? Oh. Switching music. And he tries Not to really. kill his call. <laughs> That's great. He's in jail for 10 years. <laughs> a conspiracy to kill his fellow co-host. <laughs> and the Avery brand is ruined. Just what he wanted. We are uh, back. Man, wow. My brains are on the floor. Not just because I didn't want to travel day, but holy jumping. Was that a cool interview? Yes, Kale Schofield, the business manager for the Edmonton Singers basketball team, for business operations manager. Great stuff with Kale. Love talking about the CEBL with him. Old school NBA, current day NBA. Great guest. We've got to have him on again sometime, Brad. Absolutely. Anytime. So now, you're probably wondering, why is my hat off? Why am I not wearing a hat? Well, inside here we have four names to draw for our winners for the trip to come with us to Vegas and Phoenix to watch the Oilers play. Brad, are you ready? It's I'm time. ready to rock and roll. So, it's close. time. It's Vader time. I'm going to close my eyes like that. I can't see anything. I'm going to close mine too. Just so, why are you closing right? your eyes? They're both on camera, so there's no All conspiracy right. or so, anything. I cannot see a thing. I actually cannot see where I'm And then I'm give the paper to me with your eyes closed, okay. and I will open it up. All right. Read. Remember, we have two winners, and the guest will come with us on this trip with you, me, and Jason Strudwick. Strudz. All right. First name. Hand it to me. Oh, you don't have a name yet. Okay. It's the four names. Brett. Alex, Lyle, and Mike. <laughs> First one. I'm having a heart attack over here. Are you, are you all ready? Well, wait, are you all ready? Hold on here. It's the first name. Our first winner. Mike. Mike Wilson will be joining Mike us Wilson. on this trip to Vegas and Arizona. Mike Wilson. Congratulations, Mike. Congrats, bud. All right, put that on. Uh, welcome to the club. All right. Now, our second name. Between Alex, Lyle, and Brett. Here we go. I, I feel like I'm on like a game show or something. I need a drum or something. Da, I don't know. I can't what the do hell it. was that? I can't do it. They're, they're, I, I know, no, oh, no. it's embarrassing. Yeah, it's bad. All right. Mixing them up. Here we go. Second name. Name, name number two. I can't see you. I got it. Alex. I'm going to show the names as well. Alex. Alex Harmonuk. The second winner. Alex, number. Where's the, the Mike? Mike. Uh, name tag. You show Mike camera. Mike name no, tag. No conspiracy. I couldn't see a thing. I, I smelled smack the guy in the face. I couldn't see where it's going. I was blinded. So, Alex. And Mike, you are our first two winners of the contest. Uh, I will get details ironed out this week. Reach out to one of us, and we will make sure uh, we get them off to you. Congratulations, boys. Hope you're so exciting. I'm, man, I don't want you. <laughs> you gotta get yourself a haircut before you get well, on. It's the in trip. March. It's the weekend. Uh, gonna go until March, not get my haircut? Yeah, you're gonna go until March, not get your haircut, and then cut it in March. <laughs> 
No, I am getting my haircut before March. But, gentlemen, get ready. We're going to have some fun watching the Orioles play the Coyotes and the Golden Knights with Strudge. And he's going to bathe in general. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Why would I do that? I don't know. I tell you, it's a fun idea. Such a, you're, you're such a weird um, So, anyway... <laughs> Uh, you wanted to talk about my trip to Toronto, right? Yes, yes, yeah. So, those of you who you may have caught on during our interview with Kale, Brad was in Toronto. You were there for UFC 231, and you're also there to see the Raptors fall to Milwaukee. Yeah, wow. What what an experience. Any sports fan, I recommend you, you need to do this trip. Like, if you have an opportunity to go to UFC Live. Mm-hmm. Do it. 17,000 screaming fans at the ACC or the Scotiabank Arena in Toronto. And, uh, man, was it something. Uh, Max Holloway completely, and I mean completely, not even figuratively, <laughs> um, like, like, actually, Max Holloway just cemented himself as one of the best UFC fighters of all time. That was a beating against Brian Ortega. He that was a whooping. him around and then beat him up again. Oh, my word. And, but, hey, I'm going to give it up to T-City, as they call him. Everybody was doing this at the fight. I didn't know what was going on. T-City, really? T-City is his nickname. I don't know where he gets it or T-City. why. T-City. But Brian T-City Ortega, <laughs> man, do you have a chin? And you got some hard son, and you have a future in that division. He took, I'm sorry, I'm going to use this. He took an ass whooping. And I <laughs> mean wrong. it. Like, Stone Cold opened a can of whoop ass <laughs> and beat him up and beat him up and beat him up. And he would not go down. You could see Max Holloway game planning after round one, round two, round three, and then eventually after round four. What do I need to do to put this guy away? All the way through everything at him. Connected, 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 submitted. Uh, ground game, everything. And just nothing happened. And then finally, at the end of the fourth round, uh, Ortega's uh, eye um, visibly swollen shut. Um, the referee, or the, the doctor on in Ortega's corner called a stop to the fight, leaving Max Holloway, the reigning Defending undisputed championship of the world or champion of the world. And Max Holloway has won 13 straight fights. Time and this record. is a guy, let's not forget, Avery. This is a guy that's come off a year hiatus. Mm. And he looked like, and I'm not just saying this, he looked like a guy that has never skipped a beat and hasn't been on for a year. No, yeah. There was no rust whatsoever. No, that's impressive. That's one of the longest streaks in all of mixed martial arts history, a 13-streak win. win streak, sorry. That's impressive. And once again, Toronto has proven, Canada's whole, that this is a market that loves its fights, loves the UFC, and hopefully in 2019 you see a lot more cards in Canada. That's the plan. I mean, ah, I don't know. Edmonton's card kind of flopped. Um, it wasn't a great card. It was an okay card. It wasn't great. Toronto seems to get the really good cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, Montreal gets a good card, obviously, when GSP was fighting. That was you know, connected well, there. Well, of course. Uh, obviously. But uh, what a great fight. And they, they co-made events of Chanko, uh, 
versus jo- Joanna. I can't even begin to pronounce her last name, so I won't. Um, but Subchenko, we kind of scored it in the re- in the arena. Subchenko picked her apart, and I gave all five rounds to Subchenko. Well-deserved victory. Um, Haunts Joanna again from their amateur from their amateur days. Beats her again, and this time becomes the women's champion. And uh, man, she's uh, she, she's on top of the world. Now, of course, I know you want to show off a shirt you got in Toronto, didn't you, Brad? Uh, the, look at this guy. We're gonna play some music. Taking his shirt off on the program. We're gonna play some music. Hold on, play some music, Avery. What do you hang on? Play some music. Oh, play some music. Hold on, we ain't reviewing this yet until Avery plays. Right, what do you music. what do you want to hear? I don't know, Mark Henry or something. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I don't know. Play whatever comes to mind. You know what? Nothing, nothing vulgar, nothing. Play whatever you like. Hang on. Hold on. We're gonna. We're, what, what are you? What are you gonna play here? We're we're gonna. We're if you gonna, watch the so if you ever watch the show Slapshot, you know this song is. Hang on. Hang on. If I'm trying to. Hang on. Stop the program here. I'm trying to find this. Hey, let's see if I can let's see if I get this oh song God. right. And this is the song. <laughs> oh. Okay, hold on. <laughs> oh, now, I, now I'm under pressure here. I'm under pressure, and I'm doing a real slow for all you ladies out there. I'm sorry, I'm married. Okay, relax. Everybody, slow down. I, I, I'm married. I'm off the market one time ago, and I was ready. I don't know if you can all see that. We got a USC Toronto teacher. I literally came straight from the airport, threw this on. And man, man, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man, do I love Toronto. I love Toronto this weekend. I've always, my wife's from there or in the area. Um, I go back almost uh, once every couple years, if not every year. This is my second time already in Toronto. And I've spent a month, which is crazy. Um, But I'm so excited to be an honorary Torontonian. And, and from the six, uh, Drake, I'd like you to adopt me. Um, I, I want to be your brother. Man, UFC, Toronto, Dana White, you knocked it out of the park. Raptors came up short. They lost by five. But, man, was it cool to see Kawhi Leonard take over a ball game and, uh, and really turn it on. It was cool. It's cool, like I was telling you in, uh, in the interview, that 17,000 people – Cheering for not only a team but a city mm-hmm. and a country. It was incredible to see people come together. It was awesome. No, of course it's a become a true, true, uh, true diverse sports market. And Bradley, wrap things up here. I do want to go to, of course, we got to talk about NFL New Orleans and the Empton Oilers. Back to back, where they won their past wow. two games, yeah. they hammered Minnesota seven two, which you never see happen a beat of Minnesota, no. and they beat the Flames last night one nothing. Two very good games. The Ken Hitchcock is now 7-2-1 head coach of the Orlers. This team is, you know, past couple of weeks, set things up, Brad. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what. There, there's a lot of people 
not a lot of people, but just people complaining that they're not scoring enough goals. Which is uh, an issue. Uh, and whatever, but hear me out. This is Hitchcock's game. He tightened his team up defensively. This team is now closing out games. And Avery, don't blink now, but Miko Koskinen has one of the best safe, not the best, but one of the best safe percentages and goals against average in the NHL right now. Yeah. He is a red-hot netminder. And, hey, like Ken Hitchcock said, you got two hot goalies. Anything could change. This team is now a point out of the playoffs. Yeah, and Costin is, is unbeaten homies. Six games at home started, six, six wins. wins. So it's incredible. Ah, we got a true goalie monster going on. We have a true goalie situation happening. Not since the days of J- of of of, of um uh, Dwayne Rollison, Matthew Giron, and Jeff Delorier. Right, right, right. We had a goalie controversy like this in Edmonton. Shout so. out to our boy Jeff Delorier. <laughs> We've been trying to get on this podcast for quite some time. We've been trying to get Jeff on for a while. Jeff is a newborn son, so it's tough to do the house with a newborn child, but we'll, we'll try and get Jeff on the podcast somehow. Jeff, <laughs> bring your baby carrier with you, and you can have your son in front of you, like the guy in the hangover. <laughs> and you can, you can have your son in front of you while you do the interview. I make it easier for you. There you go. Bring your kid with you. Game over. Sorry, bring your kid to work day. So bring your kid to an interview day. Well, I'm, I'm sure. You know what? I'm sure if, he, if Jeff could do that, he would. Because Jeff's a great guy. Still lives in the city. Like I said, hey, bring, get, a, get a carrier, Jeff. Bring your son here. Bring the whole family. You know, bring. Maybe hey, I'll babysit. I'll feed him the bottle while, you're, while we have to cross. If I have to, I will, Jeff. <laughs> hey, um, we, we got wrap up with this. The NFL, wow, what a crazy week, man. Crazy week. Who? Crazy. Crazy week. Hey, hey, New England. New England. Whoa, 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 New England. <laughs> How you feeling this morning? How you feeling today? There's man, the- Rob Gankowski. How are your ankles? Oh, my, oh, my, oh, my, oh, my. To Kenyon Drake. He just became the new president in Miami. You know, the new mayor. Oh, man. Those of you who didn't see, the Dolphins beat New England on... You know, we you see a million of those plays where wow. no time on the clock, lateral, lateral, lateral. It's up by midfield. It doesn't work. But the Dolphins won yeah. a last play of the game, four laterals get to the end zone, and the Patriots goofed. They figured, you know what? They're gonna throw a deep. Hail Mary. Let's put Gronkowski back as a, as a, as a 12th man there. Yeah. Let's knock down jump ball. But no, yeah. they go short, and this is where Burnham, as you see, Kane Drake went through the Patriots defense, and the last man back to beat. Rob Gronkowski, who is not their track guy down. Oh, He's not their chase guy down. He misses the last yeah. time. To me, if you're on the page, that, why are you not putting Julian Edelman back there or Josh Gordon back there as, a, as an extra DB? Why Rob Gronkowski is your DB in that situation? I don't get it. I mean, <laughs> I, I think you trust Rob Gronkowski. And they, you put him in that spot to make the play, and I'll tell you right now, Nine times out of ten, he makes that play. It was a Hail Mary, yes. Absolutely. He makes that play. Even on the lateral, nine times out of ten, he makes that play. I think it was kind of a little hockey deke almost. He got speed crossed. He was going one way, Drake went the other way, and tripped and missed him. Ball game. He's the new mayor in Miami. And well, that's – it's just funny because you see that – I think I saw one on SB Nation. That's a play of the year, Avery. It, it could be. It's a play of the year. I, can't, I think it was, it was that SB Nation did a stat where I think it was – Something like 80%, well, I can't remember what it was, but basically 
the odds of a, of a game-ending lateral going for a touchdown, that's not like one in one in five hundred odds of that happening. Can you yeah, imagine? Not common. Can you imagine? And I, I'm sure it's happened. Can you imagine if you were that one guy to bet on in Vegas? To bet on the odds of there being a game-ending lateral for a touchdown, and you just won. You just won yesterday. You were that. <laughs> you were that guy. You were that guy that woke up Saturday afternoon because maybe you got to place your bets by before kickoff. So maybe Saturday evening, maybe maybe early Sunday morning, you're sitting there in a Vegas casino, in a Vegas sportsbook, maybe online, in your underwear, in your parents' basement somewhere in, wow. in Idaho or Kentucky or whatever, wherever you are. Or uh, maybe Edmonton. I, I, maybe it was me. I don't know. Um, TMI. And you, you look and you go, I'm going to be that ballsy guy today. I'm going to be that guy that puts, call it a $100 bet on a lateral to end the game. It hasn't happened in God knows how long. I try to think. And it just happened. You, sir, are a millionaire. You, sir, are a genius. The NFL is calling you today. You probably received phone calls from paper. You're probably a legend in your hometown of 12 people. And it's incredible. You just you, you just shaped the rest of your life. First That's of all, cool. I want to meet the sports book that would take that kind of bet, first of all. We would have that available. And second of all, I think we haven't had – we've not had a lateral go for a touchdown to tie or win a game. I want to say since 03 – when the wow. when the Saints had that that, that lateral play right. against Jacksonville, and it missed the extra points that's overtime. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's been, crazy. It's been about, yeah, it's been probably about 15, 15 years since it happened in the NFL. That's a long time ago. <laughs> fifteen years, once every fifteen years. That is crazy. That's crazy. nuts. Um, I I do. There's a couple couple points I want to end on. Uh, man, KC's the real deal. I, I'm sorry. Patty Mahomes, that boy is nice. Fourth and nine, across the field. Tyreek Hill looks down and out, finds a way to get open, and not just gets the first down, but gets him into the red zone, where they get the game tying drive. Wow. Patty Mahomes is um, the MVP. Kareem Hunt, who? Oh, is that too soon? Uh, man, Tyreek Hill, Patty, Patty Mahomes. Spencer Ware stepped up in a big way as well. Mm. Um, incredible game. Yeah, and Green Bay beat Atlanta. They're still alive. Five seven and one. They got to win out. They need a whole lot of help. But the season Green Bay is not done yet. They can make the. They can be a wild card team at eight seven and one. <laughs> That's not planned <laughs> for Inqua yet. Um, another actually upset I want to talk about real quickly. Um, Chris Boswell. Tripping. <laughs> I'm not joking. Trips on a game time field goal and misses it. And the Oakland Raiders beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. That if you're a kicker, oh my god, that's why that, that's worse than a block kick. You don't really get it off. That's worse than it being blocked. You lose your job. I'm surprised Chris Boswell still has a job. Man, you know, I wouldn't wow. I wouldn't release him because that you know what that was just a goof. But if you're a kicker, that's that's worth getting it blocked. At least you give me a block, you got up. He didn't even really get it up before he ran to the ball. That's just, just some bad luck right there. And yeah. Bad luck. Yeah, that's all it is. Oh, and, and trivia, Brad, of course. We have a winner, Zach Marks. He won your question on 
the first Orleans goalie, to Thank the you, last Zach. one to have two shots in the first ten starts. You correctly answered. You see, marketing. You know what? On, on a joking note, I'm, I'm. I think you're the fastest contest winner this year. <laughs> Um, uh, so thank you for that. Zach, you get a dinner for two here at Holly's on Thursday night. Contact us. We'll set that up for you. All right. So before we go, got another trivia question again. You want to do one or should I do one? Go ahead. Okay. Trivia question. All right. Since we don't will do down, this is going to take some real research. If you're over a certain age, you'll get this. The new head, if you don't really know your Canadian basketball, you may not know this one. But I'll, if you know your Canadian basketball, you'll get this. We met, we kill referenced Canada and the Olympic Games in Sydney in 2000 when Steve Nash led them. That was the last time they made the Olympics in men's basketball. What place did Canada finish in the Sydney Olympics in men's basketball? That's your question. What place did they finish what in? What place? I'll tell you what, Avery. You got a special place in my heart. Let's finish it. Episode 33 <laughs> next week. Next week. Avery Lewis McDougall, Brad Barco. Until then, see you next week. Thank you. Later.